0: I think it's so damaging if you have this passion and somebody's trying to stifle it based on, you know, just the norms that people try to put us in. And those boxes aren't for everyone. And and clearly, you and I both know that we don't fit in these boxes. So might as well make the (laughs) best of it,
1: you know. Welcome to She Walks the Walk, the podcast. I'm Sam Plavins. She Walks the Walk is a movement I started to help women lead more inspired, more authentic lives. If you've got a thirst for adventure like hanging out with other women who are keeping it real, and tend to do things, as I say, in your own twirly way, you're in the right place. When you finish listening to this podcast, find out how you can join a community of like-minded women at SheWalksTheWalk.com. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited to share this interview with you. You know, young women inspire the daylights out of me. They're wiser... They have a sharper sense of boundaries and know what they want to go after in life more than most of my generation at that age. And Kendra Slagdur embodies this kind of inspiration. At 24 years old, she's already figured out that she doesn't need to fit into some box society prescribes. When her dream of hiking the Pacific Crest Trail was thwarted last year due to COVID, like most of us, Kendra found herself lost. She had a social work degree, but zero certainty over her next move. So she threw herself into tree planting and anything woodsy related as a way of coping. But Kendra felt like most of us, completely ripped off. She was in the same boat. We all had our lives on hold, but for her, it was underscored with this nagging pressure that at 24, she was supposed to have a plan. Well, Kendra didn't have a plan until one day she did. She looked out into her backyard from her home in Hamilton and wondered what it would be like to hike the trail she had come of age on. Ontario's famed Bruce Trail, running along the Niagara Escarpment to the tip of Tobermary. What if she hiked the whole damn thing, all 944 kilometers, end to end? And what's more, what if she did it with her dad? Kendra reflects on the gifts that have come from this strange COVID time, including a better relationship with her father and rediscovering a gem that's been there her whole life, the Bruce in her own backyard. Okay, so I'm joined by Kendra. How do you say your last name, Kendra? Slagter. It's really Hi. Dutch, so it's, it's hard for most people to say. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to butcherize it. <laughs> no, so you're all welcome. good. welcome Welcome to our She Walks the Walk podcast. Um, I wanted to start off by asking you to just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where do you live? What are you doing these days, aside from... COVID survival.
0: (laughs) Totally. Yeah, so I'm 24, born and raised in Hamilton, love my city. Um, I've always been super outdoorsy, super adventurous. I think I was just born with that in my blood. So most of the times you can find me outside, either hiking or running. Um, I graduated back in 2018, actually, with a degree in social work. So Mm. I've been doing a lot of work with nonprofits over the past few years. And when I'm not working or traveling, I'm definitely Definitely doing
1: something like a long distance hike. So yeah. Okay. So you recently completed a Bruce Trail end to end, and Mm -hmm. I'm just like in awe. This is bowing down. Thank (laughs) you. Nine hundred and forty four kilometers. Yeah, is epic. And so I want to go through some questions with you. I think people are fascinated with others who set out for such a long journey. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you obviously loved it. You did it with your dad. (laughs) Yep. And you created this beautiful YouTube video, which is how I met you. (laughs) So what I want to start with is this inspiring Christopher McCandless quote, which Mm -hmm. I so resonate with. And I want to share it with the listeners and just kind of have you expand on it. So you begin your Mm -hmm. video with his quote of the joy of life comes from our encounters with new experiences. And hence, there's no greater joy than to have an endlessly changing horizon for each day to have a new and different sun. What does that mean to you? Man, I, this
0: this quote has gotten me through a lot, especially uh, being in my mid-20s and not really knowing where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. Um, I think from an early age, especially when I turned 20, I recognized that there's so many norms and so many boundaries that society likes to put us in, and I didn't find myself fitting into that kind of box. I felt like there were so many other possibilities and, and endlessly changing horizons out there that I wasn't seeing because I just plunked myself into this rhythm that most people just unintentionally fall into and follow. And I thought, you know, that's not for me. I don't think I'm supposed to live my life like this. So I was reading the reading the book Into the Wild, all about Chris McCandless's life. And this quote came up and I was like, this is, this is me in a quote, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're meant to be. Stuck in a pattern for our whole lives. I think we're supposed to be pushing ourselves and seeing and experiencing new things each and every day, and that
1: truly resonated with me all throughout our Bruce Trail hike. Oh my goodness, you are speaking right into my soul, <laughs> and I just want to share with you that that is probably the the core philosophy of She Walks the Walk, and mm-hmm. that is this idea that um, women, especially, are kind of handed this formula for adulting. And, and, totally. you know, the formula, you go to school, you get a degree, you find a partner, mm-hmm. you have some children, you do your career. Yeah. And, um, I myself am rebelling from that a little bit, which is why I left my career and I'm starting over in the middle of my life. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is really refreshing to hear young people recognize that, Hey, this template doesn't necessarily fit me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, I salute you. So why did you decide to hike the Bruce end to end? And by the way, you did it in 29 days. Like, that's crazy. That was a push for sure. (laughs) You must have had some 40K days, didn't you?
0: Tons. Near the end, my dad and I were averaging 40 to 48 kilometers a day. And, you know, the feet and the knees were really feeling it in the end.
1: (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. So, so tell us, tell us why, why did you yeah, pick up totally. and, hit, and why the Bruce and why doing it all at once? Mm-hmm. So last year, I actually got a permit to
0: hike the Pacific Crest Trail, which. Um, If you don't know, it starts in the the US-Mexico border and travels through California, Washington, Oregon, and ends in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's about a five-month hike and I didn't have any money to do it. I didn't have the funds whatsoever to complete this. So I signed up for this thing called the Through Hike Syndicate. I put in my application and out of thousands of people, I was chosen as one of the hikers that they sponsor for the year. So they completely outfitted me to hike the PCT and I sold all my <laughs> possessions to help fund it and I picked up extra jobs on the side and then you know I was supposed to leave in March and COVID hit and I couldn't go anymore. So I was super bombed. I was devastated, <sighs> you know. Heartbreaking. I saved and I sold all of my stuff and I didn't have a job because I was just so focused on making the PCT dream happen. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going tree planting for the summer, bark sampling. I wanted jobs where I could at least be outside and, you know, pity myself for a bit, if you will. Yep. Like, just be sad about the experience and get over it. But yeah, totally. Um yeah, I got home from tree planting and all these other jobs. And I was feeling okay that, you know, it's it's not happening this year. And a lot of things for most people aren't happening this year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So we're all in the same boat. So then uh, one afternoon, my dad and I were just sitting at the kitchen table together talking about my summer and how much we both love being outside. And he was about to go for a run somewhere on the Bruce Trail near our house. And I was like, hey, dad, <laughs> why don't we just hike the whole thing? And he just, he just stared at me blankly for a few seconds and I could see the wheels turning in his mind. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And and <laughs> honestly, I was so shocked because my dad, he runs his own business and he's always busy. So hearing him just in like five seconds, be like, yeah, Kendra, let's just hike it. And since then like it was it was game on. We started planning, we started buying gear for him and honestly within a month we were in Tobamori starting our hike. So So it, it was you, crazy.
1: <laughs> what do you think it was um that moment, that 5 seconds where he was like noodling on it. What do you think it was that pushed him to be just seizing the moment?
0: Yeah, my my dad especially this past year has gone through a lot of changes. You know, he's run a successful business and um, just with the nature of COVID and how things have flowed over the past year, he's now working by himself. So he doesn't have any employees. And um, he's kind of hitting this, this moment in his life, just like you where he's like, why, why am I living this way? Like, why am I in this rhythm? Why, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And he has expressed to me that he's been really inspired by how I kind of just take on different projects at a time and throw myself into it fully and 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 just go with it. And he wanted to experience that as well. And I think in that moment of not really knowing where his life was going to be in a month from now, he was he just threw caution to the wind and he said, Yeah, let's let's just do it. I want to try something new. This is completely out of my comfort zone. So why not? And honestly he he took it on like a champ. He did amazing. He was the best hiking partner I could have asked for. I,
1: um, as a daughter, (laughs) and someone who's very close to her dad, and as someone who, you know, my dad is actually not well right now, and we've done many adventures together. Mm -hmm. um, I think that what you gave him is such a gift. You know, you guys, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's so much I want to ask you, but (laughs) there's no better bonding than being out in miserable weather together. And totally, (laughs) right, right. So, the The idea of doing the Bruce, you you guys just went for it. You got yourselves kitted out, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, you obviously had all the gear from. Like, yeah, I had country. my stuff. He didn't. So. Yeah, yeah. And how old is your dad, Kendra? He's fifty-two. Okay. Yeah. So basically, my husband's age. <laughs> my husband doesn't even walk to get the mail. Um. <laughs> Seriously, that's a hike for him. Yeah. So, what? Tell me about your decision to do the the Bruce in reverse. Was that just logistics?
0: Yeah. So we started beginning of October, and we knew honestly, with the way Canadian weather works, we could be getting snow at any time. You know, in oh, totally. the end of October, maybe into November, depending on how long we are hiking. So we figured starting in Tobermory and hiking down towards Hamilton Niagara area we'd probably have a better chance at missing any kind of snow that was coming our way. And it worked out pretty well because when we got to Niagara, it was already getting pretty cold and there was already some snow flurries in Tobermory. So we we definitely planned that out well. And and considering we're from Hamilton, it was nice, but the fact that it was kind of like we were walking home, which was really right.
1: cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And which section of the Bruce was your personal favorite does there is there something that stands out for you like oh my goodness if you can't do an end-to-end just go and see this part of the trail
0: oh it honestly it's so hard because each section is so distinct my dad loved the beaver valley because it's so hilly and the forest there is just beautiful Mm -hmm. um completely unmatched to any other forest you'll see um, but I particularly love the Dufferin Highlands because there was a lot of openness and tons of cedar and pine forest, which oh my gosh. I think don't get enough recognition. I love them. So that oh, was definitely. Yeah, totally the smell. It's the best part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people will say Togemory is their favorite. I think it just looks like a completely different part of Ontario that most people don't recognize is actually there. It is breathtaking. But and any section is just unreal.
1: It's it's so interesting because I, I can relate to some of the feelings that you alluded to in your video, which was, you know, it, your own backyard. It's It's boring. You grew up kind of mm-hmm. playing and coming of age on the Bruce Trail and you've done all these other epic things. Is there something you discovered about the Bruce Trail while you and your dad were hiking it that has completely changed your mind about it? I think
0: just, just getting older and realizing how much I've taken for granted in my early twenties, mm. um, the Iroquois section is right in our backyard and we took only a few days hiking the Iroquois section. It's not too long. Um, but I remember saying to my dad, like, wow, why, why was I so ignorant and and naive? Like, why was I just shoving this off? Like it wasn't a big deal. Like this is literally right in my backyard and it is so yeah. beautiful And I think especially as a young person um, and especially in the age and the day of Instagram and and all these crazy pictures on social media, I think we've been conditioned for those like summit mountain peak pictures. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like have a really intense, you know, 15 kilometer hike and you get that summit shot and it looks amazing and then it's just dead and done, you know, but I I don't think... Mm. People are really telling you to go outside in your own backyard and experience the beauty that's literally right in front of you. And I think if COVID's taught me anything, it truly is to be appreciative of the things that you already have. And in doing so, I think you recognize that you don't already have these things. It's right there in front of you. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just learning to be more thankful and opening my eyes to the beauty that's all around me has definitely been something I've learned on the Bruce for sure.
1: Well, I think you're going to inspire a, a massive amount of people to discover the Bruce, and I, I, I mean even, so. even <laughs> myself. So I, um, I have had I started this business, mm-hmm. and my uh, sort of the the goal of the business is to create global walking adventures for women, and obviously that's not happening right now. So I had I my know. own. <laughs> Pouting and like misery and just like oh my gosh who leaves their career and now there's a pandemic. Mm -hmm. But then I discovered your video. I mean, there was a whole bunch of stuff in between, and now you know I've got this this Bible, and I'm I'm (laughs) super stoked. I honestly, Kendra, I hadn't even heard of the Bruce Trail. How embarrassing is that? I live in Ontario. Yeah, it's honestly
0: such a hidden gem. People are not talking about
1: it enough. And I, I really think that they should be. I've I've learned uh, a ton just from going down the rabbit hole of, you know, what is possible and how do you deal with the logistics of mm-hmm. if you want to do an end-to-end. So, so that's actually a really good segue. Um, can you share some of the most challenging moments that you had on the Bruce Trail? Like, is there one that sticks out to you? I feel like there...
0: There was a lot of challenge. I think my dad and I definitely knew how to tackle challenge when it came our way and to come out on top very positively. I think it was just very beneficial that him and I both worked very well as a team hiking. But I think something that really both challenged us was the fact that it like rained for 12 days straight and you can only be so positive when you're wet and cold literally all the time and especially if you're camping all your stuff gets wet and then you're packing it up wet in the morning and gets everything else in your bag wet. So it it was definitely hard accepting the fact that, you know, we might not see sun for another five days, but let's not let that get our mood down because that'll totally change the experience of this hike. Um, But honestly, after going through the first six rain days, you're like, well, this is just life now this is normal And you learn how to get around it and still have a good time with each other. So you definitely have to take the challenges as they come and and react as positively and realistically as possible.
1: I just can't even imagine um, the hassle of dealing with wet shoes, wet socks, you know, your feet, looking after your feet is so important. And that 12 days of rain is, that's, that's pretty miserable. (laughs) But but you did, you did mention in your video that you had this moment and it was so beautiful. You, you highlight, you highlighted a moment where you assumed your dad would be, um, you know, just kind of soldiering on and Mm -hmm. like pushing through all the misery. And you said that he was just like beaming Mm -hmm. and that was probably a moment for him too, where he just thought, how lucky am I? Yeah, honestly, that's.
0: That is burned into my brain. Like till the day I die. I remember just turning around and I was in such a sour mood. I'm like, it's raining again. It's like day eight. Like <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I can't believe I took my dad on this trip. He's probably mad at me. And I turn around and he's just smiling like a kid, like jumping in the puddles, you know, as a child, like he, he was just so happy to be there. The rain and anything that came his way could not get him down. And that like completely switched something in my brain where I'm
1: like right on like let's yeah. just have a good time you're you're living you're exactly you're doing it you're living and I don't want to put words in your mouth That it's like you allude to this philosophy of you don't want to have any regrets in life and mm-hmm. you know life is an adventure did that ideology come from your dad or where did that come from I think I
0: I've learned a lot of things like that from my dad, even if he doesn't think he's taught me that I've just I've learned that from just the way that he lives and the way he's spoken these lessons into my life. You know, when I was, I believe I was 17. I just graduated high school and him and I hiked Mount Whitney, which is the tallest mountain in the lower 48 states. It took us two days to get to the summit. And I remember just standing at the summit next to my dad, looking out at like what felt like all of California. And I'm like, I need to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm 17 and I'm already knowing that these moments need to be consistent in my life. I can't just have this as a one and done kind of experience. Those experiences are what fuel me to keep going. And yeah, definitely because of my dad and his adventurous spirit, that's what I took on for myself.
1: I think it's such a blessing that you have a dad that has an adventurous spirit and he sure. you know, helps spark that in you. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time really talking too much about logistics because you know, that's what the internet is for. I'm really interested in the journey for, for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you look back and point to a moment where you felt growth in yourself, like some sort mm-hmm. of self-reflection?
0: Yeah, honestly, I think just leading up to the whole Bruce Trail trip. Um, and even now, like I'm in this time of my life where it feels like everything's on a pause and it can be very overwhelming at times, you know. I was in a job interview the other day and someone asked me, Hey, where do you think you're gonna be in five years from now? <laughs> and how do you answer that? I don't even Classic. know where I'm gonna be like in a month, you know. So I I'm definitely and before the Bruce Trail, I was just feeling so down and and so lost and, you know, at 24, not knowing where to go. And so many people like past professors or even extended family members expect you to have this, you know, this map for your life of where you should be by the time you're 20 something. And, you know, I yeah. don't have that. And I think just being on the Bruce trail, I was reminded that I don't have to have all these figured out, you know, I'm, I'm 24. That's still so young And I I can honestly pick whatever whatever path I feel will fuel my life the most, and just walk down that and feel very happy about that. You know, Um, so I think being on the Bruce Trail it was a huge reminder to allow myself to feel free and open and feel okay with that. Because I think I think a lot of us have been conditioned to feel bad if we want to feel free or free from restrictions. And I don't know who's teaching people to feel that way, because that is so false. Oh, my goodness. So liberated on the trail. And that's
1: that's how I want to continue to live. I have goosebumps right now. (laughs) Like it's it's there is this bizarre sense of shame attached to people who want to feel joy and people who want to pursue the things that uh, they really love. And Mm -hmm. what about money and all of these things? Exactly. I myself have learned that, you know, yes, we need money, but if it doesn't fuel you, if it doesn't, if it's not the motivator for you, there's, there's really no point. You're not living. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So for you to have this attitude at 24, um, personally, I think you can be a real change maker for other young people. Mm -hmm. They're still fed this same old BS about expectations put on them. and. The world is evolving. I feel mm-hmm. like people are waking up and going, no, it's not my path. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And I think more people need to realize that I, I think it's so damaging if you have this passion and somebody's trying to stifle it based on, you know, just the norms that people try to put us in. And those boxes aren't for everyone. And, and clearly you and I both know that we don't fit in these boxes. So you <laughs> might as
1: well make the best of it,
0: you know, just do what you want. Follow your passions and the things that you love, and I think good things will grow from there. Oh, totally. So you have a degree.
1: Is it in social work?
0: Mm-hmm, in social work.
1: Okay. So what would be if you could paint your ideal picture? Pretend that COVID is um, kind of done and dusted. Please God, please mm-hmm. let it be done and dusted. <laughs> Let's just assume <laughs> that by this time next year, we're all going. Well, that was yep. that was something. <laughs> what, what kind of a picture would you paint for yourself? And I—that's not the, yeah. that's not the question loaded with like, Kendra. Do you know your whole path? I, what do you <laughs> yeah.
0: think? Yeah, um, I think about this all the time, and I think what I I think about the most is you know what do I keep as a hobby and what do I turn into you know a long term career. And I think that's kind of where I'm stuck because I love people. I love working with people and I love being outside. Um, So I've been looking up a bunch of different opportunities where I could be leading maybe um, youth programs that take youth outside um, because there are so many healing benefits in relation to connecting to nature and pushing your boundaries and Um, I had a job where I worked with uh, inner city children and youth uh, a few years ago and we took them to a summer camp and some of them have never seen a horse or even been five blocks away from their house in the city. And just seeing how they connected to something so completely new and outside of themselves, outside, was, was truly inspiring to me. And I think if I can Somebody that can cultivate those kinds of experiences for youth um, needing growth and challenge, I would definitely jump on that kind of opportunity. So, trying to look for things like that would definitely be a perk.
1: (laughs) You sound like someone who is part entrepreneur. You know, if if there's (laughs) nothing out there currently doing that in the way that kind of aligns with your own philosophy and the need that Mm -hmm. you see out there, then you could do it.
0: I've I've honestly thought about that. You know, my dad being a business fan, he's like, Kendra, just just get something started. Try it out. So I'm definitely inspired talking to you about this as well. So
1: Uh, (laughs) well, thank you. I I appreciate that. I'm making this up as I go. You know, when Mm -hmm. you you have kind of a nebulous dream and a nebulous idea, and then Mm -hmm. you're hit with something so unexpected like a pandemic. It's yeah, it is like a, a little bit soul crushing at first. But I mean, the good news is, is that it it forces you to focus on other things that you might not have considered. And for sure, um, I have to believe there's, there's a reason for all of this at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So 29 un- uninterrupted days with your dad mm-hmm. is a gift. It's a real gift. What did you learn about your relationship with your dad? along the way
0: yeah so my dad and I we have we have quite the relationship um, definitely when I was younger we were very close um you know whenever he'd go off to do a quote for his business I'd be hopping in the truck with him or whenever he had to run an errand I'd be the first one that was running out the door putting on my shoes to be with dad you know but as I got older and I was pursuing some of the things I loved and you know I did a lot of traveling when I was younger for school and work and That just didn't seem realistic to my parents at the time. And I remember my dad calling this a pipe dream and that, that crushed me. So we had a pretty rocky relationship after that, because the basis of who I felt I was, I felt I wasn't being understood by my parents and especially my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, So just kind of living within, you know, that framework for a few years. And um, after graduating university, definitely seeing him being proud of the woman I was becoming with still pursuing traveling and work and being quite successful. Um, So we started to grow from there, but, you know, still, still kind of rocky, still trying to make sure that it looks like I have a plan and I'm following a plan. You know, you don't want to disappoint your parents too often. (laughs)
1: I've been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I remember once we started hiking with each other, uh, we made it to Collingwood and Collingwood is the halfway point of the Bruce Trail. And I remember we were hiking and we just started talking about how our relationship has grown on a trail. We never had an argument. There was never a tiff. Sometimes we talk for, yeah, sometimes we talk for hours on end about, you know, pretty controversial topics, things that we disagree about or um, things that we found challenging. And some days we'd let space grow between us and we'd hike solo for quite a few hours and that was great. And our relationship worked out great like that. Um, But when we were in Collingwood, we were having this conversation while we were hiking. And I said, dad, you know, I think for the past few years, I felt, you know, pretty misunderstood as your daughter. And I think because of this hike and us spending this kind of time with each other, Um, you know, without the pressures of the outside world or other family members or, you know, other things that feed into um, different types of thoughts about each other. I'm starting to slowly feel understood by you. And that was that was a big moment for both of us. I don't think without this Bruce trail experience, we wouldn't, we would not know each other on the level that we do now. 29 days without seeing anybody else or other family members is unreal. You're, you're forced to be with this person every day and you have to, you know, overcome challenges together and you have to plan your day together. And if someone's in a bad mood, how do you respond to that? You know? So definitely a lot of learning and we've never been closer and I I don't think anything is going to mess that up now we're we're planning more hikes and more adventures together which I
1: never thought would ever happen at this time of my life that is fabulous Mm -hmm. people would say oh my god I would never my dad and I would kill each other or (laughs) you know I've done some hiking with my sister and you know oh my god we're gonna fight like cats and dogs but Mm -hmm. there's something magical I think, and I'm sure you would agree with that happens when you're moving forward through natural Mm -hmm. terrain. And you're like, it's like that whole man versus nature, and you're doing it together. Yeah, it's just like this transformative experience that so many people are missing out on. And you got Mm -hmm. to do it with your father, which I think is so cool. Yeah, it, it was amazing, for sure. So, Kendra, what about the trail magic? I'm, I, I love just the idea of trail magic. Yeah. What is that? Do these little fairies come out of the woods and provide <laughs> you with coffee? Like, what do you mean when you say trail magic?
0: Honestly, the little fairy, you know, analogy almost feels like spot on trail magic. <laughs> honestly, it's, it is the kindness of people is what trail magic is on a we the first time we experienced trail magic was actually like day two on the trail and it was it was raining and it was so cold and we were completely out of water and we were searching for hours for water and the only way you could get water on this part of the trail was going down this very steep cliff down to the bay below and we finally got to that location and we came across this couple who was also hiking in the rain with their dogs and my dad's down there filling up water and I'm, I'm like shivering from not moving. I'm so cold. And this lady turns to her husband and she's like, should we invite them over to our cottage for the night? And I'm like, no, like, it's fine. I don't want help. It's like day two. What are you talking about? So dad comes up and he's like, Kendra, are you sure? I'm like, dad, we're hiking. So we kept hiking and it's almost the end of the day. So we're looking for somewhere to camp. And we're walking along this road and this truck drives by and they stop and it's the couple again. And they're like, Oh my God, last chance. There's a nice warm fire. at This cottage we're renting. There's a few cold beers in the fridge. And honestly, that's all I needed to be like, sign me up. Like I'm in your truck. So we hopped in the truck and they took us to their cottage, which was in lion's head, right on the water. And they made us this Uh. massive meal Um, And we watched the sunset over the water and we were sitting next to a warm fire. I got to shower and sleep in a warm bed. And it was absolutely amazing. And that, that set the tone for the rest of the trail magic we experienced. We had people who were following us on the Bruce trail Facebook page and noticing we had like an endless string of rainy days and would invite us into their home or they would meet us along the trail to bring us a hot coffee or just send us words of encouragement yeah we even had people that were willing to like pick us up at the side of the road and drive us to a motel for the night or the kindness of people is truly the essence of trail magic just the love from complete strangers it was mind-blowing
1: I think it's incredible. There's so much going on there. Um, I, you know, I I feel like not to generalize, but there are two types of hikers. There are the kind of hardcore, diehard, like mm-hmm. no, I will not accept help. I will, I will battle and conquer this path on mm-hmm. my own. And then there are the people that eventually kind of surrender and recognize yeah. that, you know, when someone's offering to help you. Or if they're they're following you and they want to cheer you on, that's giving them joy.
0: Yeah. So you. And that's, it's part of the experience. Yeah. The, the whole aspect of community on the trail is truly part of the Bruce Trail experience. And if you don't accept help or the kindness from strangers at least once, I think you are completely missing the point of taking on like a true Bruce Trail end to end.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just so moved by that. Um, and how, so how did you deal with um, accommodation? And the reason I ask is that a lot of my own research seems to indicate like, oh, there's only so many camping spots and mm-hmm. oh, well, you can't camp. And <laughs> yeah. so, did you guys kind of like go rogue and, you know, find your own way to camp?
0: Yeah. So there's, there's definitely a few designated camping spots along the Bruce Trail for through hikers. But they never aligned with the mileage we were doing that day. So we, we really never stayed at like the designated camping spots. But I think a good third of our hike, we definitely camped. We tried to camp as much as we could when it wasn't too rainy. Um, and obviously, a lot of the Bruce Trail land goes through private property. So we never camped on that kind of land. Because if you get caught, you're really just screwing over the whole hiking community in general. Totally. Totally. So we tried to find crown land or Bruce trail own land. And that's where we would always camp. Cause if you get caught on Bruce trail land, it's like, it's public land. Come on. Like, yeah. And if you're leaving, if you're leaving no trace, you're not breaking any twigs. You're not leaving trash. Like you literally pack up and it's as if you were never there. Honestly, we felt very fine with that. Um, and we're huge advocates for, um, you know camping in that kind of respect and we're definitely plugging into the Bruce Trail community more and asking for the conservancy to make more um official camping sites for through hikers because that's totally part of the experience you know more people need to get out there and camp and just truly experience the rawness of nature and you do that through camping and just being outside for a whole 24 hours so yeah you definitely have to be careful with the camping.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's probably, uh, you know, for people who have a desire to tackle a long through hike in mm-hmm. Canada, something like the Bruce, it's probably um, one of the most cumbersome things to try and plan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as you know, you can't plan everything. You, exactly. You have to just sort of go with it. And um, therefore, you and your dad must have had to have a certain level of comfort with um you know, for lack of a better word, survival, survival Mm -hmm. in the woods, did you feel, did you feel safe when you were out there? Like, not that you were going to be attacked, but like that you weren't ever lost and that, you know, you weren't going to have an encounter with a wild animal or
0: yeah. Honestly, like our, our first few days when we were camping, um, definitely in like the peninsula area, we were worried about bears. Yeah, um, I think that that really freaked my dad out and me too. As much as I said, I was like, dad, I don't care, whatever. They're not going to get us, you know, every little twig that I heard snap at night. I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was so scared. But, um, yeah, other than that, like safety really wasn't a big deal. I mean, In more of the northern sections, you have to be very careful because the terrain is pretty rugged. And if you get hurt, sometimes we only saw like one or two people out there a day. And sometimes you don't have cell service. So you need to be prepared for any kind of emergency that could happen. Um, Getting lost is pretty rare because the Bruce Trail is so well signed. Mm -hmm. Um, with the blazes we only got lost one time we walked seven kilometers in the wrong direction (laughs) Uh, yeah on a trail that had the same same blazes as the Bruce Trail but we started hiking at like five in the morning it's pitch black so obviously we just made a wrong turn and we ended up having my dad's friend pick us up and drive us back to our starting point so yeah but in relation to getting lost or just feeling safe on trail like those are rarely any issues especially if you're carrying the maps or you have like the Bruce Trail app on your phone but yeah it's such a safe trail to hike on for sure
1: well what about even just the logistics of you know you mentioned you had water did that ever concern you
0: Yeah, so definitely in certain sections, you want to check your maps to see where water sources are, because definitely along the peninsula, you're hiking along the bluffs like almost all day, every day in that section. So finding water is pretty scarce. So we had we would make sure that we are um, fully loaded. I carried about two and a half liters of water and I think he carried three liters. So we didn't want to carry them completely full because they're so heavy. Oh yeah. Some days days that's just what you had to do because you weren't going to have any water. Um, Even in the Iroquois section, you know, the water's pretty questionable out here. So we would filter it and then even put tabs in it just to make sure that we would be okay. But yeah, you always have to be proactive as much as I like to be kind of, you know, willy-nilly and just go with the experience. You do need to have some planning, especially in relation to water on the Bruce
1: Trail. Oh, my God. Yeah. Water is key. Yeah. I had I had something that popped into my mind just as you were talking. And welcome to old age. Just give me <laughs> one <laughs> second. Story of my um, life, though. <laughs> oh, goodness. Like, you walk into a room and go, why am I here? Right? <laughs> yeah. um, oh. I remembered. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Victory over the old middle-aged brain. Love it. How this is just a curiosity, Sam? Question: How much did your pack weigh?
0: So I believe. Okay, my base weight was. I think my base weight was twenty pounds, and then with food and water is around thirty-five. Which- oh my
1: goodness
0: yeah and I was carrying like an ultralight osprey pack and you're not supposed to load it more than I believe like 30 pounds but 35 pounds was my max. And that was that was freaking heavy. And you could just feel it weighing on your shoulders throughout the day. And you couldn't get comfortable. So, I mean, as the days go by, you have less food. And you start realizing there's clothes that you brought that you don't need. So you're ditching things that are just excess weight. Yeah. Um, we got them down to be like much lighter than that. But at the beginning, I was 35. And then I think I was ranging in between 20 to 30 near the end. That is super hardcore. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness. I did the Camino and there's, uh, people are just obsessed with having your pack be, you know, no more than 10% of your body weight. Yeah. There's some not, ultra like crazy people. It's out there. crazy. I, like yeah. I'm not a big girl. And so for me to have a pack that weighs 12 pounds, that does like the pack itself, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, but I think I ended up carrying around, you know, 18 maybe 20 pounds including Mm -hmm. water and that is I felt that so if you're carrying 30.
0: Yeah if we did it in the summer it would definitely be a lot lighter you know because we're packing thermals and puffy jackets and we've got rain gear you know in the summer you wouldn't need half that stuff so definitely a harder season to take on through like.
1: (laughs) But you trade it off in some areas that uh might deter people. Like, for example, in the summer, you've got the bugs and the heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got yeah. to avoid all of that. Would you, looking back, would you do the trail again during the same time period? Or do you think there's a, an ideal time to hit the Bruce?
0: My dad and I have discussed this a lot. We would have started at least two weeks before um because nearing the end there was no leaves left on the trees and it was getting to be that like you know the rainy gray kind of November weather which wasn't that nice um but yeah starting two weeks before when the leaves are just starting to change would be ideal and the weather is crisp and it's still sunny like our first two weeks were beautiful out in Tobamori. like I would E- even if I couldn't go two weeks earlier, I would still do it the same time again. It was the weather was great when it wasn't raining. Um, and just the colors like you Ugh, can't in the fall you can't compete with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's in addition to filming, I assume you guys took a lot of pictures.
0: Tons. Yeah. And I need to post more of those for sure. I haven't gotten around to that yet.
1: <laughs> so for anyone who's contemplating taking on a long distance through hike you know, and that can mean many things to different people. It can mean Mm -hmm. just like four days in the back country out in BC, but Mm -hmm. I'm talking, you know, a really long distance thing. What advice would you give them both on the onset and while they're hiking?
0: Yeah, I think don't, if you want to do it, do it. Do not be scared. Don't let people hold you back. Or even if you think it's something that you realistically can't do because you're afraid that you don't have the stamina or the willpower literally anybody can pack or strap a pack on their back and lace up their shoes and hike you don't have to be busting out 40 kilometers a day even if you're only hiking 10 kilometers a day you are still out there doing it um and i think a lot of people think you need the best kind of gear I mean, when I was going to hike the PCT, everybody's like, you need to be ultralight. You need to have this brand. You need to carry this stuff. But honestly, you don't. You should, like, maybe it'll be a bit heavier for you if you don't have the the high-end gear, but anybody can hike. So don't let the expenses or things like that hold you back because you can do it. And honestly, that, that was a big thing for me was, you know, if you have a dream and you really feel passionate about it, then just make it a reality. Like, you can do it.
1: I love that advice. I love it. I do I do want to ask two other questions. One about discomfort. Mm -hmm. It's such a gentle way of putting like the misery.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: What would you say is is the most uncomfortable part of long distance hiking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's there's two parts to this, you know, the physical discomfort and then there's the mental discomfort. Physical discomfort. I had a really bad pair of shoes at the very beginning and I had serious Achilles issues and my shoes also really trashed my left knee and going downhill for the rest of the hike was like nearly impossible for me. It was, it was painful. I was popping ibuprofen every like six to eight hours um, and doing whatever I could. I had to buy a knee brace. And then when I got to Owen Sound, I had to switch out my shoes because it was so painful. And my my ankles, I'm not even joking, were like three times the size. <laughs> it didn't even look like my body. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and me as a person, I don't complain. I don't like to show that like things are hard because I know I can push through. So my dad would always be checking in with me to see how I was doing. And he always told me like, Kendra, if we have to stop for a few days to heal up, like, let me know it's okay. Um, but honestly, you're gonna be physically uncomfortable most of a through hike. Like you're putting your body through the ringer. You're hiking with like 30 pounds and you're walking 30 plus kilometers a day. That's that's not an easy
1: feat. It's no, it's hard. That's a for marathon anybody. a day. Yeah, that's a yeah. marathon a day. I seriously yeah. salute you. That's
0: yeah. So then on on top of the physical challenge, you have mental challenge, you know with the rain days or the fact that your body's physically hurting and you're not healing or you heal and then another injury comes up or you're not making as many miles a day as you thought you were and the end seems so far away and you can really easily get into your head about those kinds of things. You know, little things can add up if you're in a bad mood on trail and it can ruin your whole day. Mm. So definitely recognizing when those things are boiling up and realizing when you need to like admit that you're not doing okay and you need to slow down just for your own mental health, I think is super important. So I feel like, yeah, it puts you through the ringer physically and mentally, but you come out way stronger in the end in in both aspects. Did you take any zero days? Yeah. So we took one zero day in Collingwood because that was officially halfway. So my mom came up actually, and we stayed in a hotel and we just explored Collingwood and it was so fun. And then we took another zero day when we hiked back to Hamilton um, because my knee was not in a good state. I was limping like seriously for three days and I knew if I went any further, something was going to like tear or there was going to be some permanent damage. So we took a day off and honestly, that felt like a little bit of a failure for me. And I, yeah, I was really sad the day that we took off, but I had to recognize, like, I could have injured myself the next day and we wouldn't have finished. So definitely recognizing that it's not a failure to slow down. Like, no no one is superhuman, you know? So, yeah, we only took two days off. So 29 days total, 27 days hiking. But, yeah, zero days can be
1: very fun. Now my mind is blown even more. I'm doing the math (laughs) in my head over the average Miles, you would have had to (laughs) walk, but isn't it incredible the the hike that you did in a way is like a metaphor for life. Mm -hmm. The the need for you to stop and slow down and recognizing that that's okay is, Mm -hmm. I think, what everyday people struggle with in their own lives Sure, we just have this tendency to grind and push ourselves, and Mm -hmm. uh, we are human beings. No, exactly. We 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 do need to restore and repair. So Mm -hmm. I'm really happy that you're (laughs) that that you're human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That makes me so relieved.
0: That's great. It's, It's honestly so true. Like we're just conditioned to push and grind and just keep going without recognizing the need to stop and care for ourselves. And I think a lot of people are truly recognizing the need to slow down and check in and like notice that it's okay to not have a good day and yeah. you don't have to push through that all the time and yeah, yeah. the if if a thru hike teaches you anything that's what it teaches you
1: and was there something surprising about yourself that you discovered along the way
0: yeah, I think just, you know, I think the the relationship that I built with my dad was probably the biggest thing that surprised me. I thought we were going to be tearing each other's heads off by the end of the first week and I was definitely surprised at how far my dad could go. I honestly thought like week 1 he wasn't going to make it to the end because it was so past his comfort zone. So I was like very, very surprised at how well he did and how well we did together. And I think that's just like just a true testament for like any any father daughter relationship. You know, it's you go through trials and tribulations with your family. But until you experience something like this and you slow down together and just communicate with each other, like it, your relationship just grows. And I was honestly shocked at how much we grew together um, on this trip. And I think just learning about my dad, I learned so much about myself because we are like the same person. It is scary sometimes <laughs> as much as I don't like to admit that. So learning yeah. about my dad, I was learning also about myself and how much I like to create goals and exceed those goals. And, you know, I realized that when goals aren't met, I feel bad about myself. And yeah, like well. I said, with the zero days, I was learning that it's okay to not always meet those goals. You know, I've been conditioned to, to think I need to exceed everything that's been set out for me.
1: You don't have to no, So, no. yeah, I,
0: I learned so much about myself on this hike for
1: sure. What a gift that you gave yourselves. And <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because if if there wasn't a global pandemic, you know, you would have had a, a different year. You would have done the piece. Yeah. That would yeah. have been incredible. But, you know, you might not have had this reconnecting experience with your dad. Exactly. And honestly, I'm, I'm happy I didn't do the PCT
0: for the fact that I could do this with my dad. I don't think if this, if COVID didn't happen, I don't think we would have ever had the chance to do this together. So I can't even be mad about not doing the PCT. I'm actually more like overjoyed than anything that this happened.
1: It's, it's such a gift.
0: Yeah. So
1: the last thing I want to ask, um, where can we find you? You have, you have this YouTube channel.
0: Yeah. You
1: have a gift, Kendra. You, <laughs> one you. of your gifts is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see so much of that in your future. But where can people find you?
0: Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I try to post a lot about, you know, being outside, hikes, running, things like that. So if people like to plug in with that kind of stuff, they can find me there. It's just my first and last name. Kendra Slector is my handle. Um, and then yeah, find me on YouTube. Those are the two places I'm mainly on.
1: So yeah. Perfect. I'll put some links down in our show notes. And perfect. I just want to thank you for giving us your time. And yeah. uh, you personally have inspired me. Like I, I don't know. Oh if I likewise. Can do, <laughs> I I don't know if I could do the whole thing end to end. Um actually I have a post question. Post yeah. note. Were you under a time crunch? Like did you have to have it done in a certain amount of time?
0: No, we just we wanted to beat the snow. Um okay. and I knew I knew my dad wanted to get back to work within a month ish, but he wasn't too pressed for time. I think just it was easy for us to hike those kilometers in the end. You truly like become conditioned, and you're it, it, the first week is essentially your training week. So you just become stronger, and the kilometers become easier. And twenty nine days just happen to be twenty nine days, you know. So okay, oh,
1: that's yeah, so interesting. Well, um, I'm going to end this, and mm-hmm. uh, I hope that we get to have more chats in the future. Yeah. I really, I, I just think you're an extraordinary young woman, and Thank you. you have a great capacity to inspire others. So keep going. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely
1: do my best <laughs> <laughs> with no pressure. There's no yeah, pressure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> For sure.
1: Thank you yeah. so much, Kendra. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Kendra Slagter, a girl after my own heart. I just love how she puts it that so many of us fall into this rhythm, you know, without even thinking we're just living this life we might not have even asked for or questioned or intended on. And I love how she notices that boxes aren't for everyone. So if you want a dose of inspiration, check out Kendra's YouTube video on the Bruce end to end. The easiest thing to do is to just plug in this is living and Bruce trail in your browser and prepare to be wowed. Kendra is a brilliant storyteller, and I see a lot more inspiring videos in her future, and I'm very excited to see where her path leads. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please give us a thumbs up or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check out my website, shewalksthewalk.com. Not only will you find more information about the movement, you can read my weekly inspirational blog, connect with me through social media, and learn how to join the movement. I can't wait to meet you there.